0: What's up, kiddos? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa blessings, whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope you enjoyed it. So we here at ESPN Daily are taking some time to enjoy the holidays and reflect on some of our favorite stories. But first, we wanted to leave you with a gift. A conversation between Mina Kimes and Jeremy Schapp from 2019, one of our all-time favorite stories told on this show, and one that's become our holiday tradition. About the time that the Philadelphia Eagles fans booed Santa Claus, and pelted him with snowballs. Enjoy. It's Tuesday, December 26th. This is ESPN Daily.
1: There's Babe Ruth with the called shot in the 1932 World Series, right? There's there's Joe Namath down in Miami making the guarantee. And then there's Santa Claus getting pelted by snowballs. These are some of the biggest legends in the history of sports storytelling. And our objective was to to really suss out exactly what happened. Not, Not just to regurgitate the myths and the legends, but to do some actual feet on the ground, knocking on the door, reporting.
2: It's one of the most infamous legends in sports history, that Philadelphia Eagles fans are so naughty, they once booed Santa and pelted him with snowballs. In one of ESPN's finer moments of investigative work, Jeremy Schapp tracked down the mythical man who was on the receiving end of that icy attack and got to the bottom of this ba humbug story. I'm Mina Kimes, and this is ESPN Daily.
1: Happy holidays.
2: When do you first remember hearing that Eagles fans are so tough, so terrifying that they actually booed Santa Claus?
1: I think that's one of those things, Mina, that um, as soon as you have the ability to process information, you know, like, what is that, like two or three years old, and you're around sports, that's something you know. I mean, um, it's just one of those things that everybody knows, you know fans can be tough. Uh, The toughest fans are from Philly. And then if you, you know, peeled away one layer of that, you were going to arrive at Franklin Field 1968 and Santa Claus, uh, not only getting booed, I mean, booing would be bad enough, but getting pelted uh, with snowballs. I mean, it's kind of the sports equivalent of like George Washington and the cherry tree.
2: Jeremy, of all the pieces you've done on ESPN, I suspect this one, which airs around the holidays every year, has been on the most frequently. Uh, How did you even come across it in the first place?
1: It's been a long time. It's been about 15 years, I guess, something like that. Um, A producer called me, which is typically what happens. It happened to be uh, Andy Lockett, in this case, one of our finest feature producers at the company. And and he dedicated himself heart and soul to, to getting to the bottom of this mystery that had persisted for so many years without anyone really diving into it deeply.
2: So ESPN plays this around the holidays every year, and there's a visual element. It's the only known footage of Santa that day at Franklin Field. Can you describe to listeners what that scene looks like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly... you know, uh, as historically significant as, say, the Zapruder film uh, from five years earlier. But, but it does have its place in a certain type of uh, legend and mythology. And the film, it, it really is three seconds, a three-second shot of Santa Claus on the field at Franklin Field, which at the time was the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, Um, this historic old stadium with none of the amenities we've grown accustomed to as America has gotten to be a progressively softer society. Um, And it's all you see is Santa and it's kind (laughs) of close up of Santa. And he's got, you know, the typical Santa outfit um, straight from, you know, the uh, costume store. And he's got uh, a bag slung over his shoulder. And that's all you see. there's no it's not a deep shot. You don't see snowballs descending upon him. You don't see any kind of you know uh um, sad reaction from from Mr. Kringle. Um, it's mm. just evidence, visual evidence that he was there. Uh, and some people uh, you know, before I think we unearthed that footage, might have denied that he'd even been there.
2: All right, let's play the piece. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> I'm ready. Could it really have happened? Where do we separate myth from reality? As the years recede, who can know what actually took place? It was, after all, a long time ago. Situated somewhere between Loch Ness and Roswell, New Mexico, there is Franklin Field and a snowy Sunday in the final months of the administration of Lyndon Baines Johnson. It was December 15, 1968 a date that continues to live in its own kind of infamy. Philadelphia was playing host to Minnesota in the 14th and final game of one of the most
3: futile Eagles seasons ever. The 1968 team started the year by losing their first 11 games.
1: Here's Ray Didinger, the dean of Philadelphia
3: NFL writers. Uh, they were probably the worst team that the Eagles had ever put on the field in their history at that point. Eagles fans had been clinging
1: to one cherished hope if their team finished with the league's worst record they'd be able to draft a brilliant running back from USC named Orenthal James Simpson but then the Eagles lost the OJ sweepstakes by winning two games in a row including a sloppy 12-0 win at muddy Detroit on Thanksgiving and the fans had
3: nothing left. The season is lost OJ is lost And you had just had a stadium full of really frustrated, really angry people, all sitting on top of a lot of snow. (laughs) So you tell me what's going to happen. The Eagles were a bad team in the late 60s. This is Glenn Macnow, author
1: of The Great Philadelphia Fan Book.
4: But they had pretty good halftime stuff going. They had a Christmas pageant every year. They had the Eagles cheerleaders dressed up as elves. They had a 50-piece band uh, all set to go. They also had Santa Claus, or at least they thought they did, until bad weather set in. Santa Claus never showed up that day. The guy they had booked to be Santa looked out his window that morning said, foot of snow, I'm staying home, and they, they began halftime with no Santa.
1: Into the drama stepped this man, 20-year-old Eagles fan Frank
5: Olivo. The last game of the year, every year, I would go dressed as Santa, just, you know, sitting in the stands, having fun. So the fellow that that approached me before the game was the entertainment director, and he asked asked me if I'd uh, be their halftime Santa Claus.
1: As halftime neared, the Vikings scored on a long pass play. Meanwhile, the temperature continued to dip and the mood at Franklin Field darkened.
5: Truth be told, the fans were in such a bad mood, none of us wanted to see Santa Claus to begin with. Former
1: Pennsylvania governor and Philadelphia mayor, Ed Rendell was in the stands that day as a
5: 24 year old fan. I recall, and maybe it was just because we were all surly, but I recall that he was a low-begotten looking Santa.
1: But the evidence seems to suggest otherwise. While Olivo had no choice but to use an eagle's equipment bag as his toy sack, he appears to be at least a passable Santa. Here's Glenn Macnow now again,
4: and here comes this lousy little Santa running down the field. So they start to boo. You,
5: I, I, you hear the booing. You hear it. I said, well, you know, I understand. I understand what's going on here. You know, they're they're not booing me. They're they're just booing Santa Claus. They're booing everything today. The booing reached
1: a crescendo as Santa neared the end zone. Then, as planned, he walked off the playing field. But he still had to get back to the other side of the field, so he walked back along this track within easy reach of the
5: fans. And as I was starting to walk back, I saw the snowballs starting to come, and, and and then I started getting hit with them. And believe me, in the first fifteen yards that I walked back around the horseshoe, uh, I got hit a lot. Here's Glenn Mack now again.
4: Santa Claus is dodging and ducking, and there's a full stadium full of people just wailing away at Santa Claus.
5: Again. Frank Olivo. I remember watching a fella make a snowball and th- throw it at me. And, and I just walked up to him, you know, at the bottom of the wall there, and I said, you're not getting anything for Christmas.
1: Perhaps this has been weighing on your conscience for a long time, Governor. Maybe you've been thinking
5: about this. Did you boo Santa Claus? Oh, yeah, I booed him, absolutely. I didn't throw any snowballs, but I booed
3: him. And the funny thing about it is, if you look in the newspapers the next day, it was not a big deal. Here's Ray Diddinger and it was just a throwaway line in the 15th paragraph of the game story. I mean, it only became this sort of huge story much later and over the course of time and in many retellings. I mean, this thing has become mythical in that there's no proof.
1: Here's Glenn Mac now again.
4: It's the missing Sapruder film. It's what everybody wants, some evidence that it actually happened and it's not. At this point, it's all anecdotal.
1: Like all myths, this one has been embellished. According to many who say they were there, Santa might have been sauced.
4: Well, there are a lot of people who, if you talk to him, say that uh, one of the reasons he was so eager to do it was that he was pretty well lubricated at the time. You were not drunk? Not drunk.
5: I was 20 years old and I used to go with my family. There was eight season tickets and they were all adults. There, and they weren't drinkers. Not so, even a little eggnog? Not at the game. For
1: his troubles, all that Santa wanted from the Eagles for Christmas was an official football. What he got was a pair of cufflinks and a tie pin. No dice on the football. They are
5: no dice on the football, but they are very sentimental to and me. And you've never been tempted to wear them? No. Not no. even when you dress up as Santa Claus? No, in the years, uh, you know, I'm not a French cuff type of guy, but uh, now I, 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 uh, I never wore them while the cufflinks have
1: never been worn. The effects of what happened at Franklin Field on December 15, 1968 are still being felt to this day. Eagles fans are judged
3: by that one moment. Whenever somebody wants to make a statement about how tough Philadelphia fans are, the first thing they say is, well, those are the same fans that threw snowballs at Santa Claus. It's the
5: foundation. You know, if you think of it as a building, this was the foundation. All the other incidents were constructed on top of this foundation, but this was the foundation. Not only did they boo Santa Claus, but they pounded him.
1: Despite a clear and present danger, Santa still shows his face at Eagles home games. He even mingles with the fans, often to a mixed reaction. But in recent years, when snow has been in the forecast, Eagle's management has sometimes barred Santa from inside Lincoln Financial Field, fearing that history might repeat itself. In Philadelphia, clearly, Santa is still a marked man.
2: Coming up. More from Jeremy Schapp about tracking down that Philly Santa.
0: Delicious, meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom.
2: Jeremy, Frank Olivo, who played the Santa, passed away four years ago, but he was still alive when you reported this piece. How did you go about tracking him down?
1: It, it, it required, I think, all of our uh, journalistic skills and abilities and training. I think it was in the phone book, Mina. I, I, Frank, Frank wasn't hiding from anybody, and he was great. It, 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 he, he was charming, and he was real, and he clearly wasn't someone who was you know, trying to get attention. He hadn't sought attention for this in the decades since it had happened. He had history thrust upon him that day. Uh, And one of my favorite things um, in the piece is, I don't know why it's always stuck with me, but when uh, I asked him about the cufflinks the Eagles gave him, and he said he'd never worn them, and he just put it so perfectly. He said, meaning he said, I'm just not a French cuffs guy. I don't know what it was about that moment, but it captured Franco Levo for me. And it's always stuck with me
2: when fans or just people on the street in general, tell the story of the Eagles fans who booed Santa. What are they trying to illustrate when they bring it up?
1: Well, typically it's, it's a very simple story. It's, um, people in Philly are so mean spirited. Um, they're so, uh, cruel and, um, their worst instincts, uh, are on display when they are formed as a mob at a sports event. And it's so bad that they even booed and assaulted Santa Claus himself on the field of play at an Eagles game. It's not just that this is um, a moment in time. It's not just the particulars of the story. It is the fact that it is... Uh, The genesis of this larger story, this larger characterization that is very convenient for us to make generalizations about Philly sports fans based on this uh, slim piece of evidence from 51 years ago.
2: What is the most exaggerated version of this story that you've heard?
1: I mean, I mean, you can understand the impulse on the part of defenders of um, Philadelphia's reputation and the reputation of its fans to to suggest that Santa had it coming, and that's what you would typically hear. I think, frankly, <laughs> before before we told this story and and we got down to the truth. I mean, it took a lot of digging, but eventually we got down to the truth, but even now there are people who say, "Oh, you know, it's all exaggerated. This guy, he was a terrible Santa. He was a drunken, slovenly Santa. He didn't put any effort into his ho-ho-hoing, and he was in effect egging us on." provoking this reaction he got what he was coming and if he were there again today behaving the same way we would we would make it even worse we would double down on the snowballs that's what you hear but when you actually go out as we did and you do the reporting and you ask the questions and you book the interviews you find out that that part of the myth the idea that Santa was responsible this victim blaming uh, is totally false and and is not really what happened.
2: Well, so that said, are Eagles fans ashamed of this or would you say they have a twisted pride about it?
1: I think um, those two characterizations both fit. I think think they are not mutually exclusive. (laughs) I think they can feel both at the same time and many do depending on their mood when they feel like they're being ganged up on by, you know, the rest of the country and when they're being characterized as the worst of the worst, the immediate impulse might be, hey, you know, uh, it's not entirely fair. It's not like we killed the guy. He just got a little bit wet. But deep down, scratch the surface, there is this uh, perverse pride. Yes, totally. It's kind of like if somebody talks... Uh, badly about someone in your family. I mean, you reserve the right to do that, but you don't like hearing other people do it. I feel like that's kind of the Philly fan relationship with the Santa Claus story.
2: Jeremy, if Santa returned to an Eagles game, do you think uh, he would get hit by any snowballs?
1: I think you could... uh, uh, If there was snow on the ground, you could put money on it. Santa would have no... Uh, no chance of getting out of there without getting pelted. None whatsoever. I think they would feel it was their obligation, their moral (laughs) duty as Philly fans to uh, extend the tradition.
2: Thank you, Jeremy. You really slayed this story.
0: (laughs) Really, Mina? I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.